is 5.05 a.m. in Nashville, and I woke up for some reason and texted Bird because we were supposed to record yesterday, but then it was like the middle of my Saturday, and I was like, Bird, when can you record? And she was like, can you do right now? And I was like, uh, sure. (laughs) I haven't even had coffee yet. And then Bird is – she just got back from Amsterdam yesterday and then is leaving Italy today. So we're in the midst of just chaos. Yes. Every possession I have is currently packed. I've cried like five times today because I just feel so overwhelmed. And I know that I put myself in these situations. Like this is – no one is at fault here except for me. But I like – and tr- I like really want to go to Amsterdam, guys. I will talk more about this on the week recap, but like it has just been a whirlwind the last like 48 to 72 hours. And in two hours, I'm heading to the train station, training with all my bags by myself to Rome, getting on a nine hour flight in Rome and flying to the Maldives. So I'm glad that you realized that, you know, I think that moving forward, Let's set yourself up for success. Okay. I know. I know. I like definitely set myself up for failure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I literally like, oh, but I'm really excited. And I think that once I get to the Maldives, I'll finally, for the first time in like four months, be able to just relax and be still for longer than 24 hours. So I think this is a good thing. I just have to get there in one piece and not have an epic meltdown. In the meantime, I feel like you're going to be your best self and you can just like be. Yeah. Yes. I just told Perry because like, <laughs> y'all, I have this issue. Like every single time I leave a place and I've been, I've been in Italy such a shorter time than I was in Hawaii, but every single time I leave a place and I, I was like, this is a child too. Like when I would change schools, when I would leave summer and go into a new school year, like anytime I would leave, I just get really wigged out, like leaving anything, you know, leaving my family, leaving a trip. And it's really hard for me to leave a place because I'm kind of vlogging about like the leaving process of leaving Italy, but I get like really set in a routine. I kind of like to have like, I like to know what my day-to-day life is looking like. And every time I leave somewhere, it's like that routine and that kind of like foundation or normalcy gets shaken up, especially now that I'm about to travel for like basically a month um, with Kainan all over. So Every time I leave, I just get this really like anxious, chaotic energy. And um, I don't know, it's just the way that I am. And that's what I told Perry earlier. I was like, I need to get somewhere and stay there and be stationary because I can't keep doing this. Like I've definitely hit my limit of chaotic moving and leaving. And I'm just ready to have like a home base that I don't leave every six months to a year. So I definitely... Once I get home from all this, and when I'm home for Christmas, I'm going to be, well, I'll be home for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but when I'm home for both, I'm going to be just focusing on my next step, which will be a more permanent residence. And yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I'm excited about that for you. I think, you know, this has been an incredible experience and I feel like people see what you're doing and they're like, wow, that's amazing. And you've gotten to see the world, which is so cool. But also like people need roots, you know, like you need to be invested in a place I think yeah I mean I think there's definitely people out there who could just like live the nomad lifestyle their whole life they're just kind of like wonder people but I've always been a homebody like home loving person so I think after this 
amazing time of getting to travel all over the world. Like I'm just my body's ready to have like a permanent. Yeah. Place. I mean when I say when I say you, I mean like you. You bird. <laughs> yeah. Me. Yes. Um, okay. Well, since I have to leave in a little, let's you wanna run through our Yeah. Also this week, y'all, is a solo episode for Allie. Allie took this one by herself. So thank you. Yeah. So today I talk with Aubrey Dockwinag. She is the founder of The Love Assembly. I heard her on our friend Andy's podcast, Your Woo Woo Best Friend. And her episode just really resonated with me. She talked about, you know, how she worked in fashion for so long and was in this like amazing corporate job, left to chase her dream of being a travel writer, traveled the world, became a very well-known travel photographer. You've probably seen her book, Wonder Love in Anthropology. She just has an incredible story and now she coaches on um, living in alignment and following your dreams and just offers just an incredible perspective. And I just enjoyed this interview so much. Like I, I really didn't want it to end because I could have just kept talking with her. Yeah. And Aubrey is located in Australia, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know you guys should get together when you're there. Definitely. But since she's in Australia, the time zones with me being in Europe just like couldn't align where one of us weren't doing it in the like middle of the night. So basically kind of what Allie's doing right now. I keep laughing because your voice is so like morning voice. Well, it is 512. (laughs) I haven't had coffee yet. So this is the commitment level to the pod. But yeah, the time zones are about to be pretty insane. <laughs> Let me just say. I know. I feel like for the next like month, I'm going to be doing interviews at like 3 a.m. I'm going to be like, hey, guys. I'm ready for you to get back in my time zone. <laughs> Seriously. Um, well, how was your week this week? Let's run through it. Um, it was really good. It actually is the first week that it feels like fall in Nashville. I had a really great week. I started off I was actually in New York at the beginning of the week, and it's just such a beautiful time to be there. I was walking through Central Park every morning, and it was just a really great trip. It was nice because we we didn't have meetings all day. They were kind of in the afternoon and spaced out, so we had time to kind of enjoy the city, which was great. We got to go to Sony, and we had a meeting about the Home Edit podcast, which was really cool to see just all the production that goes into launching a podcast of that size. We also recorded a segment for the Today Show with Clea and Hoda, so that was a lot of fun. And then I got back to Nashville. It actually feels like fall. Herbie got here on Friday, and then yesterday we went to the farmer's market. They were having this like big fall festival. We bought pumpkins and mums. Like As soon as it hits October 1st, I'm like full fall girl mode, so – just out here living my best life. It was really fun. I know. October is my all-time favorite month of the year. Oh, 100% for sure. I had a great week too. This week has been so chaotic, but basically Kynan was in Italy for five days um, at the beginning of the week. He really liked it. He's like coming off of obviously his big tournament and he's teaching all over Europe. So I feel like he's kind of like exhausted right now. Um, so we really just did a lot of like chilling and eating and that's exactly what he said he wanted to do was just eat. But we did a lot of fun stuff. We did the cooking class um, at one of the cooking schools in the central market in Florence, which was amazing. It was very professional, kind of like the one me and Allie did was more chill. Like it was very Italian style, like kind of slow, but this one was like a full cooking school and they had like all the setup. We each had our own. It was like science class, you know, when you have your own little like island with all the tools and gadgets. Um, And so, yeah, we did the cooking class. I got an apron. I got a certificate. You know, I love a certificate. Um, (laughs) And we did the sunset yoga, which was really fun. That was a high of um, his time here. 
And then as soon as he left, I was in Italy for one night and then me and Perry went to Amsterdam. So I've always just been really fascinated with Anne Frank. And I know that's a very random person to be fascinated by, but like at a young age, I read her diary. I read it like three or four times. I've read so many books about Holocaust history. It's just like a period in time that I'm really, really interested in. So a dream of mine has always been to go to the Anne Frank house in Amsterdam and like see it in real life. And so now that my time in Europe is coming to a close for now, um, going to Amsterdam and seeing Anne Frank's house was like the last thing like on the list. It was like, honestly, the only thing I specifically wanted to do while I was here. And me and Perry made it happen. We packed it in. It was a very last minute trip. I think for anything else, I wouldn't have done it that last minute, but you know, tickets are really hard to find. So you have to get them like far in advance. This was um, the only time we could do it. And it was amazing. It was like a dream come true. Amsterdam in general is just one of my favorite places I've literally ever been. It's so cute. It looked so cozy. It is so cozy. That's like the perfect word to describe it. It's so cute. So cozy. Everything was just like so detailed. Like it was like just magical. And seeing Anne Frank's house is obviously like a dream and just all of that. I could have stayed in there forever. And then me and Perry did a really cool canal cruise, learned about the history of Amsterdam. Me and Perry just travel really well together and our 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 trips are always really you know, well done because we're both such planners. So it was great overall, Mm -hmm. just an amazing trip. I think my low would just be that my low would be that right before walking to the Anne Frank house, our flight home got canceled. I had to get home yesterday and there was an airstrike, an Italian airstrike, which, you know, they're always striking. striking. So there was an Italian airstrike. My, our flight home got canceled, but by the grace of God, we got rebooked onto another flight and it took off perfectly. We actually landed early yesterday. It was just overall such an amazing experience. Um, and even though it is really stressful going to Amsterdam and then coming back and leaving, I'm really glad we did it because it was awesome. Yeah. I know I your energy is like so – I can tell you're in like a chaotic kind of place, but it'll be okay. You're going to get there. It's going to be fine. It always is. But, you know, one person that does make – travel look easy as Aubrey. Like she has traveled the world. Now she's based in Australia. She's been a travel and lifestyle photographer, influencer. She's worked with some of the world's biggest hotels and lifestyle brands. She just has such a deep passion for helping people live out their dreams. And it's just apparent when you talk to her. And it's honestly contagious when she talks about living in alignment. And I am dying to do her one-on-one coaching, online courses. And I know you guys will too after listening to this interview. We talk a lot about solo travel and kind of your fear voice versus your intuition. And honestly, it was just such an expansive interview for me. And I know it will be for you guys too. So I hope you enjoy. your journey from the corporate world to travel blogging to becoming a writer and now coach. Tell us a little bit about your path. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So really, really long journey I feel like it's been, but um, I guess to really condense it into a, a shorter version without really missing out on the details, I guess I really started from a place where I feel like a lot of people can start in a nine to five job and really looking for something more. So really feeling this inner spark, I like to call it, of just something that they want to do, something more that they want to experience. 
um, something that they want to pursue that really lights them up, um, whether that's called intuition or just kind of just feeling like there's more to life than what is currently at hand. And so really beginning from that point and allowing myself to be curious in following that not really having so much pressure on myself of, you know, thinking, oh, how will I make it work? Or, you know, if I do a projection of this much, then I should be getting this much. Like not really doing any of that, but just really feeling into that feeling and following it because I was working nine to five in fashion and in a long-term relationship of eight years going on nine years. And I knew that I wanted to experience more, feel more, do more, be more, and just experience at a a different level that I was currently at. And so I followed that into different directions of my skill set in photography, in travel, in this inner world exploration as well, um, that at the time I kept to myself because I was on this journey of discovering myself as much as I was discovering the world. And it led me to some incredible places of not only doing the work that I loved and following that in a sense of, yes, okay, I love photography. I love travel. I love styling. I love all of those things. How can I combine this into doing something but actually monetizing it? And so, I mean, we speak a lot about doing what we love and getting paid for it. But for me, it was first and foremost of identifying that feeling, not really worrying so much about how money will show up because it eventually will. And that led me on my journey of traveling, taking photos, um, living this lifestyle that I was so inspired by that naturally just fell into my field of attracting a book deal, attracting paid clients of hotels and publications and being in this position where I didn't necessarily have to go out and look for that is because I was so in alignment with what I wanted to do and I was taking the action and doing the steps. And so it attracted those opportunities into my life, which led me to publishing a book and then eventually evolving into speaking and what I actually do now in terms of the inner world exploration. Because I always believe that your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. And so to be able to guide now in the sense of coaching and speaking and my courses, it allows people to tune into themselves, understand that within themselves, and then use the external world as a place to play, to find out what lights them up and go down the journey of creating a career or a business that is also in alignment with them, that gives them the freedom and fulfillment that they are searching for as well. So in a nutshell, I feel like um, that's, that's pretty much the gist of it. But of course, there are trials and tribulations and things in between that need working on to be able to create and and design something that you're so lit up by and a life that not only allows you to use your creativity and and skills and interests but also serve in a way for other people so mm-hmm. yeah so cool well i want to go back a little bit talk to me about making the jump from your corporate world from fashion and to following this life of creativity and what you've always wanted to do you know i feel like so many of us have that that voice or that, you know, sense inside of us, that longing to do something more 
but we're so afraid to act on it. How do we get past that? Yeah, I feel like it's definitely from a place of curiosity rather than fears. And so when I look back on my own journey, but then also realizing when women come to me and the women that I work with, it's from a place of, oh, it has to work from day one. I have to make this work. This has to go in this direction. I have to take these action steps where, yes, it's great to come from that place of knowing what you want to do, but then also realizing that we only have limited information and there are infinite possibilities. And there is so much that can be tapped into that if you're just so focused on one particular way of something working, and you're only set on those ways, then you lose all other opportunities that could be coming your way, but you're so blocked off from them because it's only has it only has to work your way and your way only. So I feel mm-hmm. like this expansive energy, this curiosity as to following what feels good, this energy of Yes, it can work this way, but I'm open to so much more as well. Yes, I'm going to take action in this way, but I'm open to other ways that it can happen. And so really coming from a place of curiosity as to see where it will take you, but then allowing yourself to still be open to the infinite ways that it can also happen that may not be in your current focal awareness right now. Because I know for me that has happened in a sense where, okay, it could come in this way, but then something else comes along and it it's not even what I had thought of, but it still gives me that same kind of feeling. So this sense of curiosity, this sense of expansion and this sense of not being so restrictive in only it working one way, but it working in the way that you would like to and also so many other possibilities as well. So I think the main sort of feeling is this, this curiosity following that curiosity and following what feels good in that sort of sense. I love that what you said about um, we have limited ideas and unlimited possibilities. I think that is just so spot on and we kind of lose sight of that sometimes when that fear voice becomes so loud. Mm-hmm. As part of your journey, you spent a lot of time traveling solo. So tell me a little bit about the lessons that you learned in doing that. Yeah, so I learned a lot of lessons. And I think um, one thing to note as well with this, with my book, I had been approached to publish a book for my travel photography. And I had traveled solo for three months in South America, um, not knowing anyone, not really having any agenda. And so I really pitched back in a way of like learning so much about myself and the world and knowing that I had to share all of these lessons that I had learned about solo travel and not it just being a beautiful travel photography book, but really sharing about the biggest lessons I learned from solo travel. So that's something that I speak about more in depth in chapter five, really talking about the truth about travel, solo travel, and the life lessons that I've learned from solo travel. There's multiple things that I share there, but I guess two things really stand out to me when it comes to the life lessons and and I guess the stage that I'm in now and the life lessons of solo travel and how you can take it back to living in your current reality now of when you allow yourself to become comfortable with being uncomfortable, you really allow yourself to grow. You allow yourself to grow in so many different ways. And I actually have, I 
prepared this because I was like, oh, I know that I have so much, but I want to read one of the excerpts actually because I know that when you're in a state of feeling comfortable, it's that warm and like fuzzy place, you know, it's like, it feels good. I'm comfortable. Do I really want to get out of this? Because it's, it just feels so good in here. But sometimes you need to allow yourself to be uncomfortable because that's where growth happens. And so I share here, it's, it says, all of these fears eventually faded. So I talk about the fears of being uncomfortable and putting myself into different positions of solo travel because it can be scary to be in a place where you don't know anyone, you don't speak the language, you don't know what to do, you're figuring it out for yourself, right? But I say here, all these fears eventually faded. Most of the time, they're just tricks of the mind. No matter how awkward you may feel, cast yourself out of your comfort zone and into the world of uncertainty. This is where the sparks fly, where the magic happens, not magic in the mystical sense, but the ordinary, everyday kind of magic that can happen to any of us if we're just open to it. This is the space where we grow. There is magic in a person who feels confident, standing steadily and happily on their own. Doors open to new opportunities, relationships improve, and energy soars. At first, you will feel that constant pull between comfort versus courage. But with a little practice of feeling the fear and doing it anyway, you may even find yourself in the weird situation of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. I know I have anyway. And I think, you know, ending it there of that excerpt, you find yourself that when you do get out of your comfort zone, you can feel comfortable with being uncomfortable because you know that there's more to it. You know that it's not just here and now that, oh, I feel so comfortable in this stage. I feel fearful and everything. But you can see the bigger picture. You can zone out and see a wider perspective that there's something that I have to learn here and there's something that is truth in here that I can grow from. So that's the main, I guess, lesson, one of the biggest lessons. But then also noting as well that intuition is strengthened in this point intuition is some kind of superpower and not to underestimate it to feel it trust it to follow it and that's where we can develop it because we're truly on our own we're trusting ourselves do I go left do I go right do I trust this person do I feel like there's something off with that person do I go to that restaurant and you know all of these infinite scenarios that can happen from each and every single choice and you tune into yourself and you strengthen and develop your intuition in the process so I feel like that's that's also a really big thing when it comes to solo travel yeah gosh there's so much to unpack there yeah (laughs) starting with the you know you grow when you're uncomfortable that's kind of where I am you know I've been in Nashville Tennessee since I graduated college I've been here for six years And it's great. Like I'm comfortable. I have friends. I have a home that I love. But I've been starting to feel, you know, as I get closer to turning 30 and, you know, I guess I still have, I'm about to turn 29, but, you know, I'm I'm getting closer. And it's just I have this feeling of like, okay, yes, you're comfortable, but there's so much more out there. You just have to go. You know, like you have to step out of this. Yeah. So I, I love hearing that from you. It's definitely something that I've been thinking about a lot. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I feel these goosebumps because I I also when I speak to someone, especially you sharing that with me. So thanks so much for sharing that. It's like I feel these goosebumps of just knowing that 
yeah, there's something for you there. There's something that you definitely feel that is waiting for you to be explored. So thanks for sharing that. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, that's probably why one of the reasons when I listened to your interview with Andy, it just resonated with me so much with, with everything you were saying. So I'm really yeah. glad that we had this time to talk about this. Um, and speaking of, I love what you said on our friend Andy's podcast about to do the work that you love, you need to do the work that you love. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? And I relate it back to my my beginnings of that inner spark story of identifying what this inner spark is within myself, identifying within myself what my skills, my interests, my talents, and what I can give back to the world. What does that look like? And really dreaming up this vision of how that could play out, but also being open to more, and then following that. So following it in a sense where money isn't involved in this process. Let's take that out of the equation. And if you were to do work that you love and to spend every day of your life doing this specific thing, what would it look like? And when you take money out of the equation, I think sometimes a lot of people can see it as a big exhale, like, oh, you know, I, I okay, I could do anything that I want. And that could take some time to think about because then when we think of what we would actually love to do, then the next thought can come, oh, but how am I going to monetize that? Or how can I get paid for that? It's like, yes, that's important. That's part of the process. But what is it right now that if we could dream up any kind of lifestyle that you can have and what would you be doing? What would that look like? Would that, you know, look like you painting 24-7 or would that look like, you know, you doing bits and pieces throughout the day where you're connecting with people, you're coaching people, where you're working on your art, where you're, for me it was, you know, really getting clear on that. So I said to myself and really explored this within myself of, okay, I do have skills and interests and talents in photography, in styling. I do love to meet new people and connect with new people all around the world and see how other people would like to live. And I also love to share this in a sense where it could help other people in the ways that they would like to design their own life. And so really dreaming up a vision of waking up, knowing that I wanted to connect to myself and be aligned in each and every single moment, connecting with someone over coffee, meeting someone, exploring a new destination so that I could be inspired by it, hearing my camera clicking as I took photos of specific things and using my creativity to really work with the country that I'm in or the people that I'm meeting. And then at the time, I I knew, I knew that I was much more open to like staying up late and really working. Now I'm a bit more mindful of like how much sleep I get and, you know, really taking care of myself. But I remember at the time I was like, I would do anything and everything and be so open to that. And that's what allowed me to design a lifestyle and be traveling around the world, taking photos, working with brands and hotels and publications. And then money just comes. 
it's this energy that just came in the form of, okay, you can license your images in terms of photography. You can work with brand partnerships. You can create courses. You can speak and share your message. And all of these ways that I hadn't even realized that could be monetized was coming to surface because once I was doing all of the things that I was aligned to, then as I mentioned, like these opportunities came up and they they were drawn to me in a way that I feel like, right, it's because I'm working so in alignment with what I love and what I'm here to do that it, it eventually comes out. It's this being energy. I talk about this being energy a lot, which is like a feminine energy because you're being your true self. You're having the courage to show up and do the work that you love that eventually this new energy of money flows in because you're so aligned with it and it doesn't actually become about the money anymore it becomes about how you feel how you're being and it's it's a magical feeling i feel and it only really comes from the sense of once you take the money or what sort of the perception of money out aligning with that and then allowing it to come back into the equation but it's not really the core focus. I mean, I love yeah. money. It allows me to do the things that I, I want to do and serve in a way that I can. And it's part of being in business. But sometimes people can get so focused on that, that it has to be it has to be this way and only that way to do work that I love. But once we can take it out, do the work that we love and do it in a way that is so genuine to us, then you eventually find that it makes its way into your life in so many different ways. So, and, and the balance of that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so true about when you really are doing what you love, doors will open. And going back to what you said about our limited ideas versus unlimited possibilities, like, Mm -hmm. you know, all of the ways that things started opening up for you and you were able to make money in all of these ways that you never even thought about initially. It's so Mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, I want to talk a little bit about your advice for someone looking to make the jump from their corporate full-time nine-to-five job into living a life doing things that they love. I mean, it's not like people just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm leaving my job. I mean, I'm sure some people have done that, but what is your advice for someone that's looking to start living a life in alignment? What are some tips or pieces of advice that you would give to them maybe that helped you in that moment? Yeah, I would. So I have like a couple of things that are both um, from, I guess, more an internal point of view, but then also practical sense. I I work a lot with those, those two. So it's not just like, you know, follow your feelings and like, just being that feminine flow, or it's not like, you know, do the action. It's it's a combination between the two, because I, I like to bring down bring it down to earth. I'm an earth sign. So it's like a lot of action is involved, but then a lot of intuitive flow as well, because you can receive a lot of advice as to what you should do, but then that's also ignoring your intuitive guidance, your your intelligence that you have within you. And, and you're always receiving this, but it's just about being open and accepting that. So I guess like from those two points of view, I have one of this this self discovery this discovery phase that sometimes can be a little bit 
uh, I guess, uh, people get get a little bit, um, what's the word? It's like this phase that can last a month, three months, maybe even a year, because sometimes there are things within ourselves that need to be discovered of like, if we actually want to monetize this or if we want to keep it as a hobby. I think there's a lot of this talk of, you know, if you pursue something, it has to be successful straight away. You have to make a lot a lot of money from it and, and you know, build a business. It's like, no, because sometimes this self-discovery phase will allow you to d- discover so much about yourself and realize, okay, I just want to keep that as a hobby. And this is the kind of business that will allow me to follow my dreams and do what I love. And there's a lot of that in business because we don't need to monetize everything. That's the thing. It's like we can have things that are just purely for our passions and then we can build a successful business that still allows us the freedom and the income and the fulfillment that we desire. So when it comes to this self-discovery, self-exploration phase, really taking the time in this so that we can identify what are those particular things? Do I, you know, I have like this um, this phase of like going through pottery and having that as my hobby and I love that and I love like collecting ceramics. Do I necessarily think that I want to monetize that? Not really. I'll keep that to myself. Or when I go down the path of like photography or inner work, do I love that about my work? Yes. And I want to monetize that in a sense because it allows me to serve more. Yes, I'm going to really double down on that and see how that goes for an amount of time. So I feel like that phase can, some people can, can click their fingers and be like, yes, that's the way that I would like to go down. Other people, it takes some time. And really being patient in this phase, especially when you have a corporate job that is supporting you and allowing you to discover this phase. I've had a lot of corporate clients that can come in through the mindset of, I hate my job. I want to leave. What can I do? And the first process that we really work through is shifting the mindset of hating your job and really looking for the ways that this job is actually allowing you to discover more about yourself, to be in a phase of support financially so that you can create new skills, learn new things, network with new people and start with where you are. Because when that perception shifts, then so much more opportunities can come through that. You could network with people and you'll notice that sometimes opportunities come that way through your corporate job. Mm -hmm. Maybe you know, you realize that I've had a client where she realized that, oh yeah, I'm actually learning so much of my leadership skills through my corporate job. And that's so important in entrepreneurship. If we were to leave, it's like, at least we were able to learn so much from leadership, from leading a team or, you know, pitching or insider information that we're also able to take in our entrepreneurial journey. So there's really those, I guess, like mindset mindset shifts but also the inner work of self-discovery. And then there's the practical aspect of taking the time to set yourself up for when you actually leave or, you know, you you plan to leave and that's setting yourself up financially. So really giving yourself months in advance, I'd say like three to six months is a good savings sort of buffer 
And for me, it was, it was that, you know, like really saving three to six months in advance so that you give yourself the opportunity to explore what it is as well that you want to do and not really coming from a desperate energy of when you do quit, it's like, right, I have to make this work. It's a different sort of energy of so, so desperate, so needy, so contractive because you don't have a stable financial sort of situation happening. But if you allow yourself and you set yourself up three to six months or how, however many expenses that you need to save up for, then it, you leave from an abundant energy of like, right, I'm supported for the next three, six, 12 months. What can I do? What do I feel lit up to do? And that job allows you to do that, whether you're in that, inside it or you know, you're leaving and, and you've saved up that amount of money. And so really looking at it from a point of that mindset shift of this corporate job is allowing me to explore further and see what comes up in myself that I want to start and what skills and talents can I take away from this that will lead into my new venture of following what I want to do, of what lights me up. So it's Mm -hmm. like starting where you are now and being resourceful in the sense so that it can only help you, whether that's resourceful through finances, through the people and connections that you can make, through um, the opportunities and skills that you're able to get from that corporate job. There's a lot a lot there. So yeah, both really that self-discovery phase, the mindset shifts, and then leading into setting yourself up eventually financially and also the resources that you can take with you when you start your own venture. Yeah. You know, I feel like we get so just focused on the future that we Mm. forget to look around and really appreciate where we are in our present and see, you know, how that's helping us with our future. Yeah. So I'm glad that you touched on that a little bit. And I also like what you said about the energy that you go into it with. Like you don't want to go into this new exciting time with this energy of desperation and mm. lack. You want to go into it with abundance. And that's that's a really great point. I think everything you do is about energy and you know the kind of energy that you go into this new phase with is so important. Yeah, definitely. And people can feel that. I mean, in the moment in time, you may feel that, oh, okay, maybe it's like an action thing. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so um, pumped up to like hustle and everything, but it's coming from that lack mentality, that sort of desperation of like, I have to actually make this work. Whereas other people can feel the sense of like, oh, she's really doing this from a place of, yes, she wants to do this. Yes, it's abundant. Yes, she doesn't need it, but it's always being drawn to her because of her energy of doing it from a place of service, of love, of like joy and really lighting her up. And and people can really sense that. Oh, yeah, totally. So what are some of the most common blocks that you see with the people that you work with that prevent them from living out their life in alignment with their dreams and goals? Yeah, I really have experienced this, I guess, within myself. But now that I've been coaching as well, it's apparent that these things are normal. And I think even hearing them and becoming aware of them allows any individual to sort of step back and think, it's normal. I'm not going through this alone. Other people feel this too. And how can I work through this? So there's three main things. Number one is fear. 
we all have fear. It's a part of life. And whether that's like fear of failure, fear of judgment from what other people think, from what our friends will think, what our family will think, um, and also even fear of success. So like, I know that I felt this fear of success and being like, oh, if if I am this successful and everything is working my way, how will I even be able to handle it? Will I be able to handle it? And that's also a really big, and I remember it being such a new thing of like, okay, there's fear of failure that yes, this probably won't work out. But it but for me it was more so the fear of success. Like, okay, what if everything does work out though. And it can seem kind of contradictory because it's like you want success, right? But it means a lot of letting go of people, a lot of letting go of things and and ways of living that you were probably so used to and so conditioned by that your nervous system is not used to it. So it's really bringing yourself back to this energy of if it is successful, you will still be held, you will still be supported, and you will live a life that feels good to you and feels safe for your nervous system. So that's number one. There's fears in any sort of sense, and that's like a really big one that holds people back, but really identifying that um, allows you to move past that so it doesn't prevent you from actually living to your fullest potential. Um, Number two is self-doubt. So really thinking like, who am I to be doing this? Am I capable of doing this? Am I worthy? It's a big one in like in self-worth and understanding that, yes, you actually can do it. Yes, it can be that way for you. Yes, you can get everything that you want. Yes, you could do it your way and be successful. Yes, 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 yes. But there's a lot of that self-doubt that creeps up and it's only it's only natural. It's only a given for us to sort of doubt ourselves along the way because that becomes a form of, you know, self-sabotage if we doubt ourselves and don't look past that. But if we can prevent that by looking at our belief systems and how we grew up as children and what we believe about ourselves, then we can move past that self-doubt and believe so much in our worth and in ourselves and that we're so worthy of receiving everything that comes our way. Um, so there's the fears and then there's the self-doubt, but then finally it's this timing aspect. So this, this timing of, oh, it's too late or, oh, I'm too old or I'm too young too something, whatever it is. And a lot of clients of mine have been through this phase of perhaps building a business, perhaps being in a career for such a long time being, you know, in their late 20s and 30s or even 40s and thinking it's too late or I'm too old, but it's not, it's never too late. And and for me, it's always been a like time is just an illusion anyway. And so if we've learnt all of these things about ourselves, some people don't even realize that. So you're not actually late. You're actually right on time. And understanding this within yourself is like, wow, I actually learned all those things so that I can come to this point and implement it into my life. So those three areas and like common blocks of fears, self-doubt, and also the timing aspect are essentially the main common blocks Mm. that live, that prevent people from living their dream life. But if we can work on that from the very beginning, then it allows us to not 
let us let it hold us back and really work through them in each and every single moment because they'll they'll come up they'll come up at the beginning in the middle like towards the end and when you pivot and it's about working with them so yeah main common blocks but they're once you realize that everyone is working through it it's like oh sweet i can work through my fears i know it's come from this point i can deal with it through this and i'm working through it and so it's really about identifying them neutralizing it and then stepping forward and moving in moving in the forward direction mm-hmm. yeah and going back to time you know i think with social media like especially comparison like it's so hard yeah. not to see people doing things and think like oh like I'm way too old or I'm too young, Mm -hmm. like you said. And, you know, kind of taking a break from that is super helpful or it has been for me whenever I'm starting to feel those comparison feelings come up. It's like, I need to take a break from this. Mm -hmm. And I think that that can be a really helpful tool with with the timing aspect that you mentioned. Very, very helpful because it like that comparison comes back to timing. Anyway, if we compare ourselves in that sense, then what's the next thought or the feeling that comes after that? Oh, I'm too too old or I'm, yeah, I'm. it's too late for me or she's already done that or I can't do it because they've already done that. And it, it's this sense of timing that you're taking yourself out of your own power and putting it into theirs and you're allowing mm-hmm. them to dictate how you're living your life and in your timeline. So regardless of if you feel like, oh, who am I to be doing this or, you know, I'm fearful of doing this or I'm comparing myself to this person, the timing aspect just allows you to look at you, what you have what you have done in your life and step back into your power and collect all of the things that you have done to allow yourself to realize that I'm always right on time, I'm doing the best that I can, and everything that I've accumulated up until this point was meant for me so that I can move in the direction and not letting outside or external sort of situations, people and all of that really dictate how you're living in in your timeline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's your life and you get to decide how Mm. you feel about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to touch on fear, you know, I think fear of success is just, I think so many of us experience it, but we don't realize that we're feeling that way because it's so counterintuitive Mm. to the fear of failure. You know, like you're like, oh, I don't even think about being fearful of success. Um, So I think that's so interesting. But I want to talk a little bit about how do you differentiate that fear voice from your intuition? Yeah. This is a big one I feel that does take practice and development and it's it's worth it at the end of the day. It's because you're the person who you're going to be spending your life with, right? Like, I mean, we see, we have relationships, whether that's with our parents, our caretakers, best friends, relationship-wise as in like our lovers and, and romance. Um, but then when you think about yourself, it's like you came into this world on your own and it's having that relationship with yourself that is that intuition and in into this into this higher source as well because in intuition and that feeling that you get in terms of fear and that intuitive voice i explain it in this way where it's like Intuition feels expansive. It's this energy of expansion and the ego mind 
which can come with fears is this contractive sort of energy. And now fears have always been there to help us along the way. And it's a part of life and it's not something that needs to be dismissed because if we look deeper into it, it can actually show us so many things that we desire in life. And so when it comes to the ego mind, it is that contractive energy. Intuition is more so that expansive energy of knowing, knowing deep within yourself that, yes, this is actually what I would like to do. And then also noticing that the ego mind will come in and say things like, who are you to do that? But you can't do that or you're too old. And all of those fears that come in that are external to what is the first thing that comes up when I ask you, perhaps a question is like, "What? well, I can get you into a state that's a lot more relaxed and in tune with yourself and then asking certain questions, whether it is working with someone or working with yourself through journaling or whatnot, asking that question and then really noticing what comes up first and foremost. Mm-hmm. not overthinking it, not letting the ego mind come in because then you'll realize after that the ego mind comes in with the fears and then that feels contractive, like it's going to set you back. When it comes to the body as well, it's like, oh, that intuition, that expansive energy, it's like, yes, like that. that's what I would love to do and I feel so expansive in that. And then noticing even afterwards that the fears come in and then you shrink a little bit and you maybe you like curl up into a ball and, and then or maybe your facial expressions will like change as opposed to be lit up when you're speaking mm-hmm. about something. And these are things that, you know, when you do work with a coach, they can notice that through your body language, which is very beneficial because we're so expressive in that at times. And coaches are trained to see not just. I guess, the words that you say, but the actions that you take, the way your body moves, the color of your skin and how it changes and everything. So that's very beneficial. But you can sense these things within yourself as well. If you just notice, you know, like if, if you allow yourself to get into a state and then journal out with a question, with a prompt and and be like, okay, this is what I would love to create and and this is how it feels like and everything. And then perhaps you see yourself and you notice changes within your body or the way that you think and writing it all down and noticing when you read back on it, oh, it's like, okay, this is when my ego mind is stepping in because now I'm talking about all the reasons why it won't work. When at the beginning, I talk about all of the things that I want to do. And so you can really work within yourself as well and, and identify the intuition against the ego mind. And it's such a powerful thing to notice within yourself so that you can take away anything that doesn't really work for you and choose, like always choose your soul self, soul self, always choose that intuitive guidance that's, that's, that's there and it's for you. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite books is Big Magic and Elizabeth Gilbert talks about fear and how it's, you know, we need it or we would just go walk off a bridge or walk yeah. into a fire, <laughs> yeah. you know, like we need it and you have to let it in the car with you, but you can't let it be the driver. You have to yeah. put it in its place in the back seat and say, you're here, you can be with us, but you're not making any decisions. Yeah. Um, so I really like that analogy and I think journaling is such an important tool. It has been for me too. So I'm glad to hear you talk about that. Um, In addition to journaling, what are some other 
tools that you can use to work through the fear, the self-doubt, and the timing blocks? Yeah, so I guess tools and techniques, uh, ones that I've used, but also ones that I also practice with with my clients is definitely journaling um, and setting your intentions and using prompts, but then also what comes up for you, anything that you're feeling in that particular moment and really exploring that deeper into, into moving forward in the direction that you would like to and how you would like your lifestyle to play out. Um, fears, there's also... I love emotional freedom technique, so EFT tapping, really working mm-hmm. with the nine pressure points within your body to tap away any, not just fearful energy, but like stagnant energy, any energy that's blocked within your body and stating these affirmations that really bring you to a to a place of either confidence or, um, you know, empowerment or really working through the blocks with your body because there's so much within our body that's also our subconscious and and to release that in different ways such as EFT tapping is is so powerful um as well as dance I mean we could see it as a way of just you know like having fun or like keeping fit but it's also a great way to release any energy I think any form of exercise really whether that's like boxing or reformer or just taking taking a walk it's like it's so beneficial to ourselves and our body and our mind um other tools I like I'm a big meditator I meditate every morning to really meet myself and set my intentions and know who I want to be each and every single moment um and there's also I love subconscious reprogramming so that's the NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. So really diving deep into your subconscious. And this is the kind of work that I do with people and my clients, because we peel back the layers of conditioning and all of the beliefs and stories or narratives that tell you that you can't have it or how you're living your life at the moment. And seeing where that comes from, really diving deep into your subconscious and your belief system as a young child because that's where we've been programmed from the ages of zero to seven. So neuro-linguistic programming, which is so beneficial in connecting with yourself as well, really noticing these things about yourself and accepting them and then choosing to change it or be with it as is because sometimes we don't need to change things. Sometimes we can just enhance it. And if it's a positive belief about ourselves, it's like, yes, let's play that and really double down on you believing more and calling in more. But then there's also beliefs that are perhaps like no longer serving us anymore. And we want to replace them with new beliefs or just work with it as is. So subconscious reprogramming is huge and I and I love to do that um, as well as hypnosis so really working with the subconscious mind and working in in a state with my clients but also within myself if it's a self-hypnosis as soon as I wake up and before I go to sleep because these are the most suggestible times that our subconscious is open to new belief systems that we want to implant in and and change the way that we live and operate instead of living in autopilot. So those are a couple of tools um, and I really see them as like 
both the inner world and like mindset work, but also energetically through emotional freedom technique, through as simple as taking a walk or boxing or any sort mm-hmm. of exercises that that help us release fears, release self-doubt, or even believing certain things about ourselves that aren't true. It's just mm-hmm. really our ego coming in. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of those. I know our listeners will find that so helpful. Um, they're so, so powerful too, especially the, the um, reprogramming. I think that mm. that's so interesting. I'm so fascinated by it. So tell me a little bit about how you work with your clients and where people can find you if they might be interested in working with you. Yeah, I love to work with my clients in, in multiple ways. Um, so I do a lot of speaking now, um, whether that's for corporate clients or through different events with brand partnerships, which I absolutely love because we can work on a, I guess, more to scale. So really sharing this message with larger amounts of people and partnering with brands to be able to take them on an experience. So really allowing manifestation talk, but also a meditation and sound healing that I love to do. So that's really one sense. And I love partnering with brands because that means that they're also open to these messages and allowing people to use this as a way of helping them in their own life, regardless of, you know, if it's for the company or if it's for a an event that's for thousands of people. So I love it in that sense where I can share with companies that are creative, that are innovative and that sort of um, way of thinking because it's amazing when a company like that incorporates it into for their employees, but it's also a great thing when I can share this message through events around the world. Mm -hmm. So there's that way, but then there's also coaching and courses that I have online that can be self-paced. So if you feel like you're the sense of person that can go through a course, absorb information, and then really work through in a guided way, but with yourself, keeping yourself accountable in that sort of sense. But then there's also support that I also give through coaching that allows someone to, I guess, dive in a little bit deeper because there can be ways that we don't see our own blind spots and having someone who is trained to be accountable but also see parts of yourself that is obvious through the way that you carry yourself, through certain language that you use, through your your bodily um, behavior to pick up on these things and work. I like to work in like a, I guess it's like a tough love situation where I will see you at your highest potential and I'll give you all my love and I can handle the capacity of what you have to share with me. But I'll also push you in the direction of where you tell me that you want to be and hold you accountable for certain things that perhaps you don't really pick up on yourself. And so there's that aspect, which I find is so valuable. And you can find me online at The Love Assembly. So I'm at Instagram or on my website at The Love Assembly. But I also have a couple of free things that I offer in terms of manifestation and my signature self formula. So you can find my free manifestation pocket guide at theloveassembly.com slash manifest. 
And these are the steps into manifestation as well as my four, I guess they're like my four journal prompts that I ask myself to allow myself to step into more alignment with my true self, my soul self. So that can be found at theloveassembly.com slash self. Um, and I also work in, in groups as well. So it's more of intimate groups that is for the empowered creator. It's my program that really goes through my signature self formula. And it's for the person who's just ready to get out of their own way and really step into their true self, trust that and create the life that they know that they're truly meant to live. So that can be found at theloveassembly.com slash empowered. And those are the main ways that um, I work with my clients as well as coaching and courses that I offer. And that's where you can find me. Well, I can't wait to check out your courses and your journal prompts. Um, do you have a waiting list for coaching right now? For coaching, I do for one-on-one because I only like to work with a very limited amount of people so that mm-hmm. I can give my full attention and really work intimately with them. And so that's why I have a balance between my one-on-one, but also the groups and really sharing this message at, at a larger scale with brands and partners and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good balance, I think. And when it comes to one-on-one, it's very intimate. We get very detailed. It allows you to be so much more vulnerable. I I always like to say that, you know, you have to be honest, not with myself, but also with you, because that's where transformation happens. If you're not going to accept these things about yourself and be radically honest with yourself, then you won't necessarily see change because you'll always be lying to yourself. So it's a, it's a really transformative process, which is, it's so amazing to see. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I can't wait to check that out. One question that we like to end on every episode is what is a mantra or affirmation that you're living by right now? Yeah, I I love this. And mine for the moment is I am right on time. And I think it goes back to our conversation as well about, you know, thinking we might be too old or might be too young or too late to do certain things. And I find so much power in always reminding myself even that I am right on time. I might have to borrow that one for a little bit. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so powerful. It really is. And it's so true. And sometimes you just need that little reminder from yourself throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Aubrey, I've loved getting to chat with you. Um, This has just been so incredible. And I hate that my sister missed this. She's actually moving. You're in Australia, right? Yes. She's actually moving there. Well, not moving there, but she'll be there for about a month or so um, in October. Exciting. Wow. I'd have to connect with her then. I know. I really hope that you guys can. I would love for you to connect. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sad that she missed it, but I know that she'll be close by and maybe you guys can hang out in person. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I just came back from, um, I was in Mexico before that I was in America, but um, I know that we had like a tricky situation with timing and everything, but I'm so glad that we got to chat. And yeah, if she is here soon, then I would love to connect. Yes, absolutely. Well, Aubrey, thank you so much. And I can't wait to share this episode with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me, Ali. It was such a pleasure.